the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Patty Cohn of Pacific Union International. Mark Conf is off today, but I've got a deal of the week to talk about. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. You're going to use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. The weather's going to change here pretty soon, so you want to get your tan on. All right, today's trivia theme is random trivia. Now, our special guest in the studio is Richard Davey of Fiduciary Financial Group. Richard, welcome to The Best of Investing. Thank you for having me. Uh, You're very welcome. Now, you are a CFP. Yes. And uh, if I remember correctly, you also were were or are a CPA? Correct. Okay, that's a good combination. Exactly. And uh, since you are a CFP, uh, an email came in to us I thought would be right up your alley, and it's clients keep asking if they're better off uh, owning index funds. So maybe you can kind of compare those with you know regular mutual funds, uh, ETFs, and all that kind of fun. Hey, well, edumacate us. All right. Well, I'll start with edumacating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so an index fund, starting out with what it is um, – most common one would be a fund that tracks the Standard & Poor's 500 index. Okay. Uh, it's 500 of the largest companies in the United States, and there are tons of ways to invest in funds these days that just track the movement of those 500 companies. So an index fund is not uh, managed using an active manager, okay. where you typically, in a normal mutual fund, would have uh, an investment person, usually a chartered financial analyst, who will pick and choose different companies to include in their fund based on their financial merits. An index fund doesn't do that. Okay, so it's sort of like, just in quote, investing in the stock market. In the stock market, okay. broad exposure, yeah. So it's obviously a tough topic. Lots of debate goes around. There's a lot of money at stake. Active managers don't like index funds because they want to uh, prove their worth and get paid yeah. for managing funds. And then they also come out with robo-advising? Correct. Those That's actually more of a platform okay. uh, to allow an investor to easily and inexpensively invest in a broad array of funds. So it could be active okay. or passive funds. Most of them use passive index funds. Okay. Uh, passive meaning no active selection. In, um, okay. In, and i got to think that the fees are going to be low because of that. Usually they're pretty low. Mm-hmm. Uh it's fintech's a booming business right now, financial mm-hmm. technology, and you have loads of robo advisors coming out. But you also have companies like Vanguard and Schwab who have their own robo solutions as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, are you a person that gets um, your fees based on a trade or or a, a flat fee? 
for managing people's money? Great question. Or percentage uh, assets under management? Yeah, so there's really three ways to get paid if you're in our business. There's commission, where you get paid via transaction. There's a fee on the assets, uh, usually uh, around 1% uh, for a human advisor. And then there is hourly. So a lot of CFPs now are providing hourly consultations for people who want to do some mixture of DIY but also have uh, some hand-holding in the process. I, and I've, I'm going to guess that the ones who just charge hourly probably don't make quite as much. I mean, how much can you charge per hour? That's the hard part yeah. right now. Yeah. I, I've, I don't just work on an hourly basis because, honestly, okay. I haven't seen how you can make a, yeah. a reasonable living doing it unless you're charging a very high hourly fee. And there aren't too many people who are willing to pay you know, 500 bucks an hour or something. Correct. Or, yeah. Right. And the other side of it is, too, they're, they're paying for your expertise because sometimes I'm, I'll sell a house and I really looks like I put in like four hours and they, well, you did that so fast and I go, well, actually it took me 28 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. You know. Yeah. How do you bill for the time reading about the market, understanding the market, following the news? That's not billable to a client. Well, exactly. uh, you want to hear something funny is uh, when I first got my first job as an accountant in San Francisco, there was a, a bank, a, a banker who had his master's in tax. This guy knew more about tax than anybody I've ever known. And one time I walked into his office and he kind of held up his finger. He goes, you know, hold on a second. And he, he just, I just listened to him listening to a client talk, and I didn't hear what the client said. And after about eh, a minute and 20 seconds, he just said, yes. And then he hung up the phone, and he looks at me, and he says, I'm, I'm going to, and this is back in 1982, and he says, he goes, that phone call just cost that guy 500 bucks, <laughs> just to go. say the word yes. And yeah. it had some tax transaction where he needed to, the client needed to know whether it was a yes or a no, yeah. based yeah. on a certain transaction. It's complicated stuff, but then you, you yeah. really look at the value, and People like you save the money. Well, it's the same thing with uh, certain attorneys where they've put together, uh, let's say, a prospectus, and it, and it costs you know seventy thousand dollars. And then the next person comes along and says, "Well, you've already got a boilerplate, but it's like, well, no, 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 yeah. you still have to pay the seventy thousand for that too." Yeah. I tell you what, we're going to uh, cut to our first commercial break. We're in the studio with Richard Davy, who's a CFP, also happens to be uh, have his CPA license. Is it still active? Yes. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah, you don't want to let that go. No, you work too hard for that one. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are talking random trivia here. Here, and if you know the answer, Dave, uh, Richard, don't uh, answer yet. We'll let you answer when you come back. Okay. All right. Which Soviet leader approved the building of the Berlin Wall? That's our question. All right. Which, by the way, you know what? Putin apparently just passed the uh, the longest tenure uh, next wow. to Stalin or something hmm. like How that. Long yeah. Has he been- like something ridiculous, like eighteen years. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't realize know. that. Yeah. Okay. It's all Bush's fault, or it's all it's all uh, Trump's fault, Trump's or all fault. Obama's <laughs> fault. Who knows? Okay, uh, uh, call eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety to answer this question. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that five pack tanning certificate. Which, by the way, they have lots of services. It's not just getting tans; you can get rid of your wrinkles too. All right. Which Soviet leader approved the building of the Berlin Wall? Don't touch that dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call eight 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 nine twelve eleven ninety. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Patty Cohen of Pacific Union International. Our first trivia question was a history one. Which Soviet leader approved the building of the Berlin Wall? 
Go ahead, Patty. Did I say it? Khrushchev? Khrushchev. Oh, Nikita Khrushchev. Yeah. Very gonna, good. Me figured I, I, since I knew that you knew the answer, I figured I'll let you answer that one. Finally. All right. So, uh, Richard, before we get back to you, I want to make a mention here for Come Aboard Hornblower Cruises for a one-of-a-kind dining experience, spectacular views, and live entertainment. You guys ever been on Hornblower? Haven't. I oh, have years awesome. ago. It was awesome. It's yeah, fun. It goes underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, nice. it is. It is. A, I got to say, the food is excellent. The entertainment's usually pretty good, and the uh, champagne was incredible. Did they pass out yes. drama. What's that? Did they pass out drama? Mean? No. Uh, you know what? It, you don't really get seasick on it, even though you go. Uh, in fact, what they do is when they go on the Golden Gate Bridge, if it starts to get a little bit choppy, they'll just turn right around. Huh. And I'm a kind of guy who gets seasick, yeah. but I've done fine on Hornblower. Huh. So check them out at hornblower.com. All right. So we are in the studio here with Richard Davey, who's a CFP and a CPA. Um, we never actually did finish the question here. So uh, uh, are people better off with index funds? So I would just uh, conclude by saying that they're a great building block for a portfolio, but okay. the people who say, you know, index for everything, I think that's uh, oversimplified. Uh, there are areas that just aren't proven yet with indexes. Um, okay. And even an index fund is a man-made decision. What goes into the index is an active decision. So uh, the debate of whether to not, whether or not to make an active investment or a passive one is kind of an imperfect question because every index has humans behind it building it. So, Well, that's a good point because back in the old days, one of the first um, companies, well, I don't know, excuse me, I don't know if it was one of the first, but there was a company that was in the Dow Jones Industrial 30 that uh, made buggy whips. Oh. And I don't think they're around anymore. Exactly. And so, yeah. And so over time, you know, companies have gone in the index and out. Yeah, you know if their if their stock is just too low and they just their company doesn't seem you know like uh, you know who are the who are the newer type companies that made it in that weren't there thirty years ago? Yeah, right? so many. Well, and then which index do you pick? I mean, the yeah. S and P five hundred's roughly doubled in the last ten years. Your money would have doubled. Okay, and the Euro stocks fifty, which is the fifty largest European companies. Your money would be about flat ten years later. Wow, wow. so another lost again, decade, like between yeah. two thousand two thousand ten. So what index you pick, how you pick it, how you build an index, those are all um, active decisions, essentially. So it's I mean, a, a lot, starting I know, place. I know a lot of people, when, they, when the first thing you think of an index fund, you just think of you know the S&P 500. Sure. I think that's what most people. But you know, should you have a little bit of euro-type stocks uh, or some kind of index or something? Because you know we are a global community nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. say invest in real estate. <laughs> 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 you can yeah, leverage it. Yeah. 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 Well, you've, and you've done very well in real estate, too. <laughs> um, okay, so let's say here, moving on, uh, Patty, let's go on right to you here. Okay, so we got a question. It says, when looking for a house, should I go for the most house I can afford? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Um, it depends. I mean, if it's a lo if it's a first-time buyer and they're just so maxed out and stretched, I think you always have to have a cushion. Yeah. And in fact, the lender often requires it that you have some reserves. Um mm -hmm. And at the same time, like, is it a fixer-upper you're going to want? I mean, I literally had a client, I mean, first-time buyer, but ask me, um, so I can use my money, right? And I'm like, no, uh -oh. your money's in the house. And if you want to use it, you're going to have to sell that house or you're going to have to refinance. And when you refinance, you'll get your money, but yeah. you're going to be paying interest rate on your money. Um, gotcha. So it's basic, but they yeah. didn't know that. Well, when I owned a condo before and we were buying uh, our first real house, I had to 
I, you know, I couldn't just max it out because I couldn't afford to carry both, and I didn't want to put myself behind the eight ball. Right. So it's like, eh, I gotta make sure, I gotta give myself just a little cushion because there, there was a house at the time we just loved, but it was seven hundred thousand, and that was a lot. It was back a lot. Then. That back was a lot. Then. Yeah. So we we only afforded a house for three ninety three. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of I don't know. It just speaks to a little bit about like just that kind of question. You almost want to like go through the basics also like buy the worst house in a great neighborhood yeah. buy even if you don't have kids buy a house with great school district because you want to be looking at appreciation long term and and usually a first time buyer would be thinking like that way should i use all my money because as yeah. you age you you have more assets and you sprinkle it around and all that but a first time buyer should be kind of looking at this house as a stepping stone into the next okay and there it's like so the question is what's going to get me equity and you're going to give up some stuff in, in the for, yeah. In the beginning, don't go for your dream home in the not so nice neighborhood. Yeah. It's not about the house; it's about buying it correctly. Good point. You know, uh, thinking about this too uh, brings me to another question: Are you seeing that a lot of empty nesters are downside? I mean, the, the typical thing was, you know, in the, in the last you know fifteen years or so, it seemed like you know, oh, the kids moved out, and so too big a house and now we're downsizing exactly is that still going on oh it's going on more and more and it's going to be going on even more because of the baby boomer and the aging population and and not to mention that that brings us to one-story homes are so in demand oh yeah people as they get older they don't want to climb steps right and here's the thing too people like mid-century modern and younger people want want one story and the mid-century sure. modern is, is really in right now that's one story like an eichler it's <laughs> like an eichler of, yeah. really yeah. in but what about mm-hmm. the kids they, who have moved out and then they came back <laughs> you well have to keep that extra spare bedroom all the more reason to downsize <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one way or another they gotta leave <laughs> i love you kids but uh sorry we don't have any room <laughs> yeah, i know exactly <laughs> all right tell you what boy this goes fast we're going to cut to another commercial break we come back um richard and i were talking off air he's got a great strategy about uh, using options on stocks, but in a, in a conservative way. So, And we mm-hmm. want to ask him about that. All right, so here's our second trivia question. Which of America's original 13 states took its name from Elizabeth I? Now, there's only, you only have 13 states to think of, right? <laughs> and New Mexico was not one of them. So don't answer that one. Okay. Call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that five-pack tanning certificate from Tanbella. Which of America's original 13 states, or 13 colonies, let's say, took its name from Elizabeth I? All right. That's our question. Uh, we come back. We're going to ask Richard Davey about using options in your portfolio. All right, don't touch that dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Patty Cohen of Pacific Union International. Second trivia question, which of America's original 13 colonies took its name, the states we're talking, uh, took its name from Elizabeth I. Maryland? No. Um, Virginia. Virginia. I'm not huh. sure how that happens. Elizabeth <laughs> and Virginia are two different names. But, no idea. Uh, I, listen, I saw it on Wikipedia, so it's got to be true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Richard. Uh, There's a Russian source. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you're going to be good to have on the show again. Okay, so Richard, um, we gave the audience a little teaser information sure. about uh, uh, using options and portfolios. Give us a little background. Tell us. Yeah, so an option can mean a lot of different things, but just know that with every option contract, there's usually a speculator and there's a hedger or a risk reducer. So my pet peeve is when someone who should know better, like a CFP or a CPA, says, oh, well, options are risky. My client shouldn't be doing that. And it's such an incomplete answer because, they, yes, for the speculative side of an option contract, it's absolutely not appropriate for most investors. Okay. But what I do, covered call writing, is owning a stock and selling a call option against that stock for additional income. And Give us an example. Sure. So an example might be stock A trades at $100 a share. And you might say, okay, and within the next six months, I'm willing to sell that stock that's trading at 100 for 105 okay. So if it goes past 105 you know, too bad for me. I'm still selling at 105 I get paid for that commitment. That's called a premium. Okay. So it's a covered call contract because I own the stock. That's the covered piece. Yep. I'm selling a call option, meaning the right to buy at 105 I'm getting paid a premium for that. And that premium would run depending upon totally the time. Totally depends on the time, the volatility of the stock, things like that. But I've I've had really good success um, attracting clients with that type of strategy because in Marin, uh, an expensive place to live, people need more income off of their portfolios to live. How much income are you generally deriving from that kind of strategy? So I would say on a, st- a general stock, you're looking at between an extra 3 and 6% yield off of the stock by writing call premiums. It can be more, it can be less, but in general, you're able to add 3 to 6% extra on top of the dividends. And are you premium. writing them way out of the money or just barely out of the money? Uh, so out of the money, meaning um, that 105 over one current price of 100 um, that would be five percent out of the money. I'm yeah. typically writing between five and fifteen percent out of the money. Okay. So it gives me a chance to let the stock run a little bit, yeah. make some money if it goes up. Uh, but I do cap my upside in return for more income. And uh, you know, most baby boomer investors are fine with that. They'd rather get more income. So in, in theory, months. the best thing that would happen would be the stock runs up to 104, and then the option expires and comes back down. You keep doing it again. You just keep <laughs> ringing the cash register. Yeah, I know. I, I, the reason I uh, like talking to Dave, uh, Richard, God damn, that's your last. It's name. a curse. It's I know. Yeah, I, the, the, Richard, about this is um, I did this back in the late 70s, early 80s, and I was making 20 percent a year. Wow. Buying because I bought the stock and just kept writing the option. It, it ran up, came down, ran up, came down. And I'm all, this is easy pickings, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's still risk, obviously, yeah. and you don't always, you know, hit home runs, but it's a way to increase the income from your portfolio, which is why a lot of people like it. And uh, since you, you do appear to be an expert on this thing, um, how would people get a hold of you? If they wanted to talk more about this strategy. Sure. So uh, my company is called Fiduciary Financial Group. It's in San Rafael. Phone number is 415-785-3778. Okay. And they can always uh, uh, write into the best of investing and, and we can, we'll, we'll pass your information on. Sure. Uh, Patty, uh, uh, you had a couple more statistics for us there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the big question all the time is, how's the market doing? Sure. Where are we going? Um, one side says, eh, it's pretty frothy, and it's the 
straight consecutive month of rising appreciation. We're getting into the like second longest period of economic prosperity in the country ever. Mm-hmm. So are we going toward a buyer's market? That's one side. And I, you know, like even if we are waving into that little buyer's market, it's not going to go down like it did last time. We have prudent lending practices. We have a really strong job market. Yeah. But so that's one side. The other side is, you know what? It keeps getting up, going up. And if you look at the curve, it's on a co- same continuum as if, you know, we went down, of course, with the Great Recession. But yeah. if you just look at that line, we're still on track. Okay. So uh, I keep getting surprised and it keeps going up and it's still a buyer's market. And, you know, it's hard to tell. Like, we're, this is our second uh, s- seller. seller excuse okay. me. I want to make sure I have that right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still a seller's market. Okay. And, you know, this is our second selling season, like mid-September to mid-October, and it's pretty busy. Still hard to tell how it's going to really go, but it seems to me that the sky's not, it oh, doesn't seem to me, the sky is not falling, and it's still very strong, and in fact, all nine Bay, Bay Area counties had price increases over the last year. Okay. Um, the income needed to purchase, however, has doubled over the last five years. So you get into the um, affordability yeah. with quotient, which is, you know, 10% or so. That's really scary. Um, but anyway, so, and of course, obviously in this country, the biggest down payment needed is in the Bay Area. So, but we've got a really strong job market. So it's it's really hard to tell what what's happening, but it's yeah. still a seller's market. Interesting. Yeah. And before I forget, people who have questions on real estate. Yeah, feel free to call me. I work with people for a long time, sometimes before they buy, and sometimes it just pops like that. So I'm patient and I like to educate however it works. My name is Patty Cohn. I'm with Pacific Union in Marin County at 415 722 Okay. And Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money is not here, but I do have a another deal of the week that kind of fits all very similar to... Patty, what you're talking about, the affordability. So, again, that's the same situation as we've had a lot of times. People want to buy a house. They haven't sold their existing house. They don't want to move twice. And usually, unless they have lots and lots of income and lots and lots of equity, uh, they just don't qualify for buying the the, the second house without first selling the first house. So what Mark does is Pacific Private at Pacific Private Money, uh, they will cross collateralize and use both houses, the new one, and put a, a second deed of trust on the old house in order to give them enough money to buy the new house uh, outright. And that's hard to find. Yeah, there aren't too many lenders, especially mm-hmm. owner occupied, um, because there, there are a lot of hard money lenders out there who uh, will only do investment property. So Pacific Private Money is kind of special in that way in that they've gone through all the licensing and Dodd-Frank rules and regulations and all that uh, in order to uh, correctly and legally do owner-occupied financing. Hmm. And sometimes they'll do long-term. It doesn't have to necessarily be Uh short-term. But most people want to pay the loan off quickly with conventional financing because it's a lot cheaper. Uh So uh, call Pacific Private Money if you have a need for uh, this short-term financing at 415-883-2150 or go to pacificprivatemoney.com and uh, see if they can uh, they can help you on that. Okay, and, and uh, let's see here. We are going to cut to uh, another commercial break here. I know it goes fast. It's kind of an interesting, weird question. Who was the only clean-shaven president in the 50 years between Grant and Taft? All right. 
So Grant was what eighteen something. I was going to ask you for the years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Grant came uh, right after Civil War, right? Yeah. And Taft was what nineteen nineteen or something. That's our that's our trivia question. Oh so, uh, who was the only clean shaven president? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of interesting because now everyone's clean shaven, no but back then, then you know, I'm yeah. going to strain my brain. Okay. Call eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety. I guess you have to Google all the president's faces to, to figure out which one that is. Yeah, just images. Images. Okay. And uh, when we come back, also, uh, I want to let people know the rate of return that Pacific Private Money paid on the last distribution. I was very happy. Very happy indeed. Yes. All right. Don't touch that <laughs> dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Patty Cohen and our special guest, Richard Davey. Third trivia question. Who was the only clean-shaven president in the 50 years between Grant and Taft? I don't know. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> okay, will this give you a hint? He was assassinated. Really? William McKinley. Oh. Huh. If you think about his face, he, he didn't have any uh, facial hair. Oh. Kind of a weird question. Okay, um, so, uh, Patty, you and I are... Uh, yeah, it's okay. Um, that's okay. It's just the headphones. Sorry. As long as you can, as long as you can talk in it, and I can see it on here, we're okay. All right. So, Patty, uh, you and I um, are investors in the uh, Pacific Private Money Fund, and I don't right. know if you saw your last distribution, but the annualized yield was about eight point two five percent. It's awesome. I liked it. That's I mean, awesome. it usually fluctuates between you know seven point six to eight percent, but uh, last month we were very happy. Very I know. Happy indeed. I'm thrilled. I mean, it's a really solid company. You know, hopefully, real, as long as real estate's solid, but they, t- but their loan to value well, is that's so the key. strong. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it'd be one thing if you're, you know, ninety percent loan to value and just say, well, real estate always goes up, right? But that's not what they do. They're, the average loan to value in the fund is only fifty six percent. Oh, it's fifty six. I was going to say like yeah. seventy, sixty. No, no, no. They uh, they do some loans at six at seventy, but. That has to be kind of a special situation. Most loans are in the 60s, and they have some in the 40s. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that, that's why they have very little default. Yeah, that's so, great. So, Patty, how, how far did the real estate market go down in, like, Marin in 2008, nine? Oh, I was mean... It wasn't 40%, was no, it? No, 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 no. It was like 25, wasn't it? Uh, it was, but it depends on what segment and where. Yeah. Sure. Like, some condos in Nevada, like, were, you know, 250, and then a gardener making no money, bought it for 500 and it went back down to 250 oh, So, wow, like, yeah. it depends where. Huh, okay. And some of the really, really high-end stuff went way down. Um, so, yeah. But we, we were, you know, like the barrier likes to believe, oh, we're immune, we're, we're tr- you know, mm-hmm. insulated. We're really not. Mm-hmm. Well, we weren't. But, yeah. So, it and, and, and then you take, like... Um, Texas, Nevada, uh, Nevada, Nevada, Las Vegas, yeah, Las um, Vegas. you know, Palm Desert, those places took the biggest hits. Yeah. Arizona, parts of Arizona, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, part, partly the overbuilding and, you know, there, see, that's the funny thing is in the Bay Area, the regulations, they don't let you build. just, yeah. Yeah. And like Ground Zero was Stockton, you know, Fresno, yeah. that whole area. What made people think? that they could buy something in cow country that had nothing going for it, sorry out there, yeah. but um, at, that it was going to go doubling, you know, and so at the very end, 
when when I saw, I have a friend that, that does like a hundred deals a year in Stockton, and she said what she saw at the very end was just Bay Area San Francisco agents coming out there with their clients, mostly, you know, Asian people just wanting to like Chinese buyers just wanting to get in there, get in there. Uh, it, it ended. Beginning they the bought at the peak at the end. What I saw a lot in Marin was a lot of, um, you know, gardeners, and you know, it just. Well, the, yeah. the movie The Big Short was actually pretty accurate. Very. Yeah. Very. It's funny to see how some of these movies actually do a good job with, uh, you know, predict, not predicting, I'm sorry, but uh, portraying yes. exactly what had happened. Um, so anyway, yeah, b- back to, just for a minute, the uh, Pacific Private Money. So they pay monthly distributions um, yielding, you know, between 75 to 8.4%. And uh, you can either reinvest the distributions or take them on a monthly basis. Um, so awesome. Yeah. I mean, so, try doing that. Go to a bank. What are you going to get? Like a quarter of a percent? Yeah. You know? well, some are paying a little bit more or than one, a quarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one percent. I don't even know what they're paying. I don't even look. It's like, what's the point? No, so I know. I'm thrilled tough. with yeah. Pacific Money. Yeah. Pacific Private, Private Money. So, money. yeah, uh, check them out. PacificPrivateMoney.com or call them at 415-883-2150. Uh, Richard, do you have a couple more things you want to share with us? Yeah, just on the topic of buying a home or being ready, uh, something I'm, I work with a lot of you know millennials, people in their late 20s to 30s, buying their first home. They have a family now or maybe they're planning to have a family. And yeah. you see maybe it's because their parents were – uh, victims of the Great Recession, that they're shoveling as much money as they possibly can into their 401ks. And it sounds great on the surface. Because of the, the pre-tax. Yeah, you're getting yeah. huge tax benefits, and it's just great to save. Uh, and some employers have matching funds, too. Yeah, matching yeah, that's funds. that's free money. Yeah. It, it is free money, but there's a cost, and that's the liquidity. Yeah. So I'm seeing lots of people uh, around my age trying to buy a home, and they have lots saved, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, but it's all in their four hundred one k. Which now, there are some uh, that you can actually temporarily borrow. For you can, house, right? yeah, um, temporarily. It's yeah. <laughs> it's not going to get you very far in the barrier. Let's just put it that way, and it yeah. exposes you to huge risk if you're laid off with an outstanding mm-hmm. loan. That whole amount becomes due as taxable income. Can you roll that into an IRA? You I mean, can how, roll yeah, a four hundred one k into an IRA, yeah, but the, so what about the loan, though? I'm not sure about the loan, but the when huh. you're terminated, that outstanding loan balance can become taxable income. So, and it's a max of fifty k. Yeah. So yeah. again, in in the Bay Area, fifty k is not a down payment in most places. Yeah. So, uh, just the point to to really hit home for young uh, real estate buyers out there is they have to save liquid and they have to start early. Yeah, because you you can take the money out as long as you put it back within sixty days mm-hmm. without a penalty. But yeah, right. two, two months goes pretty, pretty darn risky. fast. Yeah. So let's say some burned. industrious um, millennial is thirty five years old and they put two hundred thousand dollars into their four hundred one k and they want to buy a house and then they decide to take it out because they have no other funds. What mm-hmm. are the penalties for doing that? Like, what's the downside of that? Yeah, I mean, you're going to pay. Ordinary income tax and a ten percent penalty. Exactly. If you're and franchise tax board, what two and a half percent? It's it's they stack up and it's going to yeah. be for a lot of high income earning people. You're going to be north of fifty percent. Yeah. So essentially, government. probably they would, depending on how long they've had that four hundred one k and the interest they made on it. But probably they'd be in, if they looked at the whole investment, they'd be coming out with less than what they started. Yeah, and oh, for sure, if for it's sure. with less than a year. Yeah. And if you're assessing the whole financial decision as a whole, do I buy this house? I don't think that it's very easy to justify buying any house if you have that risk on the table. Yeah. 
So you've got to be putting money away into a, a non-retirement uh, account, be it a bank account or an investment account, and just to get ready. The, and just pay the taxes? And just pay the, be ready. Yeah, you can use, gets into a much deeper discussion, Roth IRAs to a certain extent, mm-hmm. um, but you should just be saving money. But liquid. that's the thing, if you put it in a Roth IRA and you take it out early, you still have that problem, don't you? That, well, you have yeah, the penalty, IRS, but you don't pay taxes on it. That could be a, a long yeah. conversation, but your basis in a Roth, meaning the money you've contributed to it, can always be pulled out. Believe it or yeah. not, yeah, because the the part is you're paying the taxes on it first up front, yeah. Before, okay, so uh, so that's the thing is you can pull money out of the Roth IRA. You can pull your basis out, correct, without penalty. Correct. So if you put a hundred right. grand in over ten years, you couldn't do that really. But if well, but, yeah. say you could and it's grown to one fifty, you can only pull a hundred out uh, without penalty before your you know at retirement age. So go back to non-retirement accounts are the best way to save to buy a house, in my opinion. For yeah, for buying for sure. a house, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. other, other than that, though, if if you've already owned, let's say you already own your house, mm-hmm. then do you, do you generally advise people to put as much money in their retirement as possible? I'm a big Roth IRA uh, Love fan. Roth. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that uh, long term, if you look at the fiscal situation of our country, uh, it pays to pay the tax now versus in 30 years when taxes will likely be higher. We're at now, now here, here's a philosophical question for you. Sure. Is, do you think that the uh, Congress will change the rules at some point and say, yeah, we know we told you it was going to be tax-free, but uh, we need to put the... Put you'd, the have, you'd have riots in the streets. Riots. Yeah. Well, but, uh, there, were, there were no riots when they taxed Social Security. There were sure. people who were upset, but that happened. But this is a this is a account by the very nature of it, it's True. supposed to be pulling. Oh, oh yeah, listen, I hear you, yeah. and I hope that yeah. they don't tax it, but yeah. uh, Congress does whatever Congress does. They do, yeah. and and it's one of the most uh, overly and unnecessarily complex areas of the tax code. Yeah. CPAs stay away from it because you have to have special pension consultants run uh, really? retirement plans because it's too much liability because it's outside oh, of... Yes. So Congress should do something on that front. Gotcha. All right. We have to cut to our last commercial break. There's no trivia question for this one, but don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Patty Cohen, our special co-host and our special guest, Richard Davey. Um, now, we didn't have a trivia question, but uh, Richard, you were just mentioning off air uh, something that you like about hard money or private money, as they say. Yeah. So this is uh, an unsolicited endorsement <laughs> of the asset class. Uh, you'll hear a lot of people talk about stock market bubbles right now. Everyone's worried about the stock yeah. market, but there's just as much risk, you could argue, in some bond uh, yeah. Bond investments. Interest so, rates go up, bonds go down generally. Exactly. And the longer the bond you hold, the yeah. more risk you hold because your piddly little 3 or 4% bond that's 20 years is going to be really, really hard to sell when that same type of bond now coming out is earning 6 or 7. Yeah. So why does that relate to hard money? Hard money loans typically are short-term Correct. loans. So And you're earning a, a arguably better interest rate, more like a high-yield debt interest rate. Yeah with great Bay Area collateral in most instances. instances. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, I'm actually getting huge, huge response from clients that they're interested in it. I'm interested in it for a bond substitute uh, myself right now because 
uh, checks a lot of those boxes, r- reducing interest rate risk. And you have yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a hard you, asset you, behind you, it. you hit the nail on the head uh, because of the short term nature. Uh, the loans turn over you, on average about nine months. And that's so, going to mean higher rates if rates go up in the fund. That's it, exactly. And and it's not like you know Pacific Private Money is saying, oh, you're going to earn fourteen percent on it. They're not saying that. They're you know it's it's you know seven and a half to eight percent. And even some people, you know, they go, oh, that sounds too risky. You say, well, again, like you said about the options, let's not just throw everything in one category. Sure. You know, if somebody has a million dollar house that's free and clear, mm-hmm. and they have the option to buy the house next door at a two hundred thousand dollar discount. But the catch is they got to close the deal in three weeks. Yeah. And so what or are they going to do? Week. Or a week, right? Pacific okay. Hey, money. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, there's no bank in the world that can work that fast. No. Well, so where are they going to get, you know, a good chunk of the money? Well, if they go to Pacific Private Money, they get a loan of, you know, 60% LTV. They get to buy their, the, the house next door at a big dis, you know, at a discount, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, you can't just throw everything in one, yeah, one fell swoop. You have to kind of look at it each aspect of it mm-hmm. okay and before we cut out again richard uh how do people get a hold of you because specifically i you know i mean there's a lot of financial advisors who kind of come and go but not too many people really focus i won't say focus in but know enough about the call option idea sure. and you've got all kinds of interesting matrices on that don't you yeah so um Real quickly, I was just sold on the on the concept when I looked at the performance of the S and P five hundred covered call index against the S and P five hundred. And last thirty years, it's done better. So that was okay. a starting point. Right. But uh, happy to talk to anyone about it. Uh, it's, it's not anything that I'm driven to sell. I'm an independent investment advisor. I'm not backed by companies that are having me peddle their product. Yeah. Um, I just believe in it. I put my money in it, my family's money in this strategy, um, and it's how I would invest other people's money currently. Okay. How do people get a hold of you? 415-785-3778, or you can visit our website at ffgwealth.com. That's the easy one to remember. And Patty, go on. Again, uh, you're our real estate expert. Um, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, it's Patty Cohn, C-O-H-N, with Pacific Union. I'm at 415 4842 or bestmarinagent.com. And there's a reason because you are the best Marin agent. Um, okay, hey, here's our thoughts for today. We're going to cut out. Here's our thoughts today. Okay. Falling down is how we grow, staying down is how we die. Hmm. And Milton Burl said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. I like that. You know, just go, kind of go, boom, go right through it. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. Why? Because we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which... 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.